On today's episode, I'll tell you which new Rockies player could provide better value than Nolan Arenado. Plus, my interview with Diamondbacks reporter Nick Pecoro. That's today on Fastball Fantasy Baseball. I'm Taylor Tarter, and this is Fastball Fantasy Baseball. Let's get into it. There's been a bevy of recent signings, so let's dig in. Kevin Pillar signed with the New York Mets on a one-year deal. He adds to a very deep outfield there. He had a solid 2020, very good 2019, and I'm actually surprised he didn't get signed by a team like Boston, who really needs an outfielder like him. His value definitely decreases heading to the Mets. Uh, he's likely to take the smaller end of, of an outfield platoon, Uh the outfielders they have in place in New York, Dom Smith, Michael Conforto, Brandon Nimmo, they're all historically better against righties. Pilar is a better hitter against lefty pitchers, so there's a chance he may replace one of them in the outfield on days where they face lefty pitchers, but the three presumably starting outfielders are not incapable against lefties. The Mets also acquired Jonathan Villar, Villar who uh, could... Uh, also see some at-bats in uh, an outfield platoon against lefties, but again, it, it's not like the three guys they have in place can't hit lefties. I'll be curious to see if this ends up affecting the, the value of Nimmo, Smith, or Conforto in uh, in fantasy this year. Uh, hopefully, spring training will be a little bit telling for that. Colorado signed CJ Crone to a minors deal with a spring training invite. I think it's likely he makes a team, and if he doesn't catch on there, he'll he'll catch on somewhere. He's a decent defender at first base, and and that's likely going to help him catch on uh, to some team. But he's also a very capable hitter. Crone's best season came in 2018 in Tampa when he hit 30 home runs and batted 253. Those numbers were backed up by solid hard contact which he's maintained most of his career. He hits a lot of fly balls, a lot of line drives, which if he makes the Rockies roster, that's going to play really well in course. If a 30 home run, 253 average is his ceiling before moving to Coors, then my expectation is that Coors Field is going to boost both of those numbers. I like Crone. If he makes a team, he could be a great sleeper option. And if he gets 500 at-bats, you could be looking at a hitter that gets you 35 to 40 home runs with a 260 average, and that may be just as good, if not better, than what Nolan Arenado is going to give you in uh, in St. Louis, but Crone is going to cost you way less. So just uh, something to, to think about going into this season. James Paxton signed a one-year deal with the Mariners. The team has expressed interest in using a six-man rotation going into the season, which could actually help Paxton uh, stay healthy, which is something he's struggled with over his career. He's never pitched more than 160 innings in a season. He's been in the league since 2013. He had a career uh, 358 ERA. So when he's been healthy, he's been very good. Uh, While playing for Seattle before signing on with the Yankees, Paxton was very talented. Uh, He limited home runs, walks, He was able to induce a solid number of ground balls. All those numbers rose playing in Yankee Stadium. In his best seasons, he was a fastball-heavy pitcher, uh, but the Yankees had him use his cutter more, so that might have played into 
little bit of his decline in, in New York. If he can get his fastball velocity back up to 95, it was down to 92 uh, last season, the, the few times that he threw it. Uh, it could end up being a, a valuable pitch for him again in 2021. He's an interesting player for this year. I, I just don't think he should get drafted unless uh, you're drafting in a very, very deep league. Uh, third baseman Justin Turner re-signed with the Dodgers. Obviously, the team didn't feel comfortable with Edwin Rios helming third base, so they brought back the 36-year-old Turner for another couple of years. Generally, you know what you're going to get with, with Justin Turner. He hits for average. If he stays healthy, he'll get you somewhere in that 20 home run range. Over the last three seasons, he's increased his hard hard contact rate to elite levels. He consistently puts the ball in the air as well. His ground ball rate has hovered around 30% the last few years, which is excellent. He's a very disciplined hitter as well. His chase rate is under 30%. He rarely uh, has a swinging strikeout. And perhaps most importantly, he'll get at bats in one of the most productive lineups in baseball. Because of all of that, I see him in that same third base tier as players like Moncada, Donaldson, Escobar, Bohm, and I actually like him more than most of those players. Justin Turner might seem like a meh kind of player, but he's going to produce as long as he's healthy. Uh, I would recommend if you do draft Turner, uh, draft another third baseman who you like as well as, as sort of an insurance policy. And then one of the great under-the-radar signings this offseason is the Arizona Diamondbacks picking up Asdrubal Cabrera. The journeyman Swiss Army knife uh, has had a couple productive years with the Nationals, helping them win a World Series in 2019. He might not look like he has a place to play for the Diamondbacks, but I think he's going to end up working his way onto the field. There's so much roster flexibility on this team, so many people that can play multiple positions. I think the most likely spot for him to land is either at first or second base. He uh, Cabrera is excellent over his career versus lefty pitchers, and Diamondbacks first baseman Christian Walker is not. And depending on how productive players like Dalton Varsho, Cole Calhoun, David Peralta are in the outfield, we may see you know maybe Kettle Marte moving out there a, a little more, and that might leave second base open for Cabrera to fill in. He's a career 268 hitter, which isn't special, but definitely has its value in fantasy. He hits the ball hard. He's got a good eye. And although he likely won't get drafted in most leagues, and he shouldn't, uh, he should be on everyone's radar as an injury replacement or a streamer once he starts heating up. He's, he can be streaky. Um, so he's one of those players who, when you see the hot streak happening, jump on. Uh, there was also a trade in the last week, so let's take a look at that. Deal or no deal. Andrew Benintendi was traded to the Kansas City Royals in a three-team deal that netted the Red Sox toolsy outfielder Franchi Cordero, Mets pitching prospect Josh Winkowski, and three players to be named later. There are really two relevant fantasy players to cover here, so let's look at Benintendi first. So since his 2020, uh, 2020 season, 20 steals, 20 home runs in 2017, he's arguably been a disappointing fantasy player. Uh, he was decent in 2018, but not in the way that people expected. Everyone, you know, myself included in this, was waiting for him to do it again, waiting for the power to show up, but it never did. 
Uh, instead, his home run output decreased each year after 2017. His strikeout rate has climbed. He doesn't hit the ball very hard. His contact numbers were below his career average last year, and and in many cases, the last two years. Uh, and those are all things that kind of scare me a little bit uh, away from him in, in fantasy baseball this year. So Fenway is a more favorable hitters park than Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City. So you know, park factors aren't going to do Benintendi any favors. I'd rather have players in that tier with with him like Tommy Edmond, Adam Eaton, Lorenzo Cain. Uh, I'd rather have those guys than Benintendi. The other fantasy relevant piece involved in this deal is Franchi Cordero, who's a uh, Padres prospect who eventually was picked up by the Royals. He struggled to stay on the field, but Red Sox GM Haim Bloom has said that he's going to get every chance to start for Boston this year. Now, Cordero does not have good surface stats, like, for example, a career 35% strikeout rate, 236 batting average. Not so good, but there are better metrics behind him. He absolutely crushes the ball, and despite the high strikeout numbers, he doesn't chase the ball very much. His trouble seems to be a lot of just plain old swing and miss. Uh, Cordero isn't someone I'm going to target in my drafts this season, but he profiles like a 2019 Danny Santana. You know, if a few things break right for him, if he gets that launch angle just right, maintains the playing time, he could be productive, right? Nobody nobody drafted Danny Santana in, in 2019, but, you know, you pick him up by May or June and ride him to the championship. Now, that is a lot of ifs, so uh, we'll just kind of have to wait and see. Uh, in a moment, I'll share my interview with Diamondbacks reporter Nick Pecoro right after a word from my sponsor. Joining me today is Nick Pecoro, who covers the Diamondbacks for the Arizona Republic. Nick, thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me on. So the Diamondbacks have not had an active offseason in terms of like signing or trading for big names, but they didn't really have too many holes to fill from last year. I think a lot of people are going to count them out of the of the race because of the Dodgers and the Padres, but the Diamondbacks finished within four games of, of the Giants, the third-place Giants. The Rockies have gotten worse. So, I mean, I think there's room for, for them to kind of move up the ranks a little bit in the NL West. What, what do you see as the team's biggest area of strength and, and weakness as it stands right now, either position-wise or ability-wise? Well, I mean, I think the, the key for them is just to have a, a lot of guys bounce back from the, the numbers that they put up last year. Um, and I don't, I don't even really know where to start, I guess. Uh, it's just so many guys did not perform well in that 60-game season. And, um, and, and they, they kind of as a whole, you know, collective whole took a step back. So, I mean, I guess Cattell Marte, Eduardo Escobar, Madison Bumgarner, Carson Kelly – um, are probably the ones that that stand out the most. Luke Weaver, uh, I should have mentioned. Um, they all uh, were kind of counting on those are guys that they were all counting on um, to produce. Uh, you know, particularly Cattell, I guess. Um, you know, Marte had a, a season where he you know finished top five in MVP voting. 
mm-hmm. um, was unbelievable in uh, 2019. Really, I mean, just took a, a massive step forward. Was was just a force in the middle of the lineup from both sides of the plate. Um, you know, spent time in center field at second base. I mean, just incredible value, incredible production uh, relative to position. Um, and a guy that it kind of looked like right when they had traded Paul Goldschmidt looked like he had stepped up and filled that kind of superstar void that, that they, that they seem to have, have been missing when they traded Goldschmidt. Um, I, I guess that's the, that's the most important guy in my mind, but they're all important. Um, you can't have so many veterans that you're counting on uh, all take massive step back, steps yeah. back and expect to contend. So that's, that's really going to be the key for them this year. And kind of on, so since you brought up, uh, Marte, I, I kind of wanted to ask about him. So is he, is he the 32 home run uh, Kettle Marte of 2019 or the 14 or fewer home run Kettle Marte of every other year? That's a good question. Um, I think that uh, if you're out there watching him take batting practice, you see the ball flying off his bat. You see the, the crazy bat speed, the crazy athleticism, um, and, and you know that that sort of production is in there somewhere. Um, but uh, I, I can't tell you if he's going to be able to tap into it again. Uh, he seemed to let the short season get into his head last year. It was a thing that uh, I don't know that he necessarily admitted that it was playing mind games with him, but the length of the season was something that he seemed to always mention when we talked to him. Um, and I, I think that the way that that sort of thing messes with guys, guys heads is that if you have a bad month, you know, in a normal season that you have five months to make up for it. When you have a bad month right. in a short season like that, you know, you're halfway there and you better really turn it on here in this last month. Of, right. You know, and, and I, I think that that applies to, you know, a bad week, a bad couple of weeks, a bad month, whatever it was. I think that it was something that was in a lot of those guys heads. Um, so, I mean, I think the hope is that, you know, kind of being able to clear your mind, have a fresh start, know you're going to have a full season, um, will, will do wonders for him. Uh, but I, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I thought that entering last season that he was a massive question mark for them. They were kind of building their team. I mean, they went out and, and got Bumgarner and Cole Calhoun and, and others, um, with the belief that Marte was the, was going to anchor their, their offense. Um, and I, I, I kind of felt like that was a little bit risky given that he had only done it yeah. for one year. So I, st- yeah. I, st- I think that it's a question, um, you know, short season or not, if, if that is really who he is. And uh, I, I wanted to get your thoughts on Madison Bumgarner too. Um, do you think he's going to be back to being the, the dominant pitcher we've seen, or are we seeing age and injury start to catch up with him? Um, I, I definitely think that the latter, there's some truth there, right? I mean, I think that that's been the case in his career for the last several years that, that it's just kind of, you know, it's, it's starting a lot of things about his, his results are starting to trend the wrong way. Um, I, I would be surprised if he were as bad, uh, going forward as he were last year. I think he's going to be better. Um, he started to show some signs of, of getting his stuff back late in the season last year. Um, you know, a thing they like to chalk it up to was just the, the weirdness of last year for him, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting ramped up in spring training, um, kind of stepping back 
uh, and um, and kind of being shut down for three months and then trying to ramp back up again. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they think that that played a part. Um, it was troubling, though, that it that it took them as long as it did to, to even like crack a, a 91 late in the season, you know. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know that that his days as a top of the rotation or even a, a number two or number three starter are, are, are still here. Um, we'll have to, we'll have to wait and find out. Um, but I, I do think that he should be able to at least be a, a competent, you know, competitive, uh, you know, innings of guy at the very worst. And, you know, also in the pitching staff, you got Zach Gallen, who's one of the best young starters in the game. What do you expect from him this season? Well, I mean, he's given us not really any reasons to think he, he won't continue to be a great pitcher. Uh, I mean, he, he set a record for, for most starts to open a career by, you know, going six innings and three runs or less. Um, or sorry, not, not the six innings part, but allowing fewer than three runs or fewer. Um, he, uh, he's, he's been terrific, man. I mean, he, he's got really good stuff. Uh, he commands it really well. He doesn't make mistakes over the plate. Um, he's got some deception. Uh, he's very intelligent. He's got a lot of things going for him. Um, but you know, I mean, I, I will say he, he probably did at times kind of get away with some things. I mean, there were some outings where he would walk guys. Sometimes he'd I mean, you look at his numbers with with men in scoring position over his career and, and just runners on base. It's probably a little unsustainable. It's just hard to be that good in those key situations. So, I mean, if 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 you were to see his numbers back up a little bit, I guess I wouldn't be surprised. But I think he's really really good. I, I you know, barring injury, I, I I think he has a really bright future out of him. And so the team kind of shifting to the bullpen. The team recently picked up reliever Joaquin Soria. Uh, you wrote about him in a recent article, and I just kind of want to get your gut feeling on him because good good closers are notoriously difficult to come across in fantasy baseball. Do you think he gets the bulk of the saves in Arizona? Do you think he gets to 30 or so, or, or do you think it's going to be harder to come across saves there? Do you think other people are going to be in the mix? No, I th- I think probably you know looking at it now he is he is the leading candidate for sure to to get the job and if he pitches the way that he has for most of his career I, I don't see why he wouldn't hold on to it for for the the whole season and um yeah I mean and you know how it is in in baseball even the bad teams um are going to have thirty or so save situations mm-hmm. over the course of a year so regardless of how the the Diamondbacks perform I. I mean, look, you, you can't predict bullpens, especially right. um, in baseball, but I, I would feel pretty safe, barring another move. Um, I would feel pretty safe saying that, that he's probably going to hold down the job this year. One of my favorite Diamondbacks for fantasy baseball is Christian Walker. He has one of the best hard contact rates. Uh, he had one of the best hard contact rates in baseball last season. He's consistently at the top of that list. Uh, for like the last two or three years is this the year that we see the hard contact translate into 30 plus home runs uh I don't know that's a good question I I I like a lot about a lot of things about him as well um he's just kind of a solid well-rounded player uh, a guy who I mean I know he's kind of viewed as like a young player but he's he's going into his age 30 season um and he's he's kind of got a mature way about him um he's a a really uh, 
learned hitter, I guess you could mm-hmm. say, kind of a, a student of hitting, um, a guy who loves to talk about hitting and break down swings, break down, you know, your approach at the plate, all that stuff. Um, he he brings a lot uh, of of kind of stability, I feel like, um, to the position and to this to this team. And you're right. I mean, it, it does feel like when he puts the ball in play, he hits it hard. Um, and I, I think you're right that the the numbers have, have reflected that, but maybe they haven't reflected it um, in terms of a kind of a monster breakout. But but I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he were able to put it together. He he uh, he kind of does everything you want a, a good hitter to do. Uh, one other player you wrote about recently was Eduardo Escobar and how he came into the like summer camp, I guess, uh, of the 2020 season a little heavy how that might have contributed to a rougher than usual 2020. Do you think we see him get back to his sort of normal output in 2021? I don't know. Um, It's another guy that I kind of wonder if the, if the short season, you know, played games with him um, and, and kind of the way that he approached things. He's a guy though, that's never really had a, a great approach, so to speak. I mean, he's not a guy up there, you know, working the count and and all that. He's he's up there looking to take his hacks, and it felt like last year. I mean, whenever a guy that, with that kind of approach is hitting into a lot of outs um, and putting balls in play softly, which he was doing a lot of last year, it's going to look bad, and, it, and it's going to make you wonder. Um, but I, I I don't know. I mean, the the physical stuff, like you see you see what he looks like on you know his Instagram and Twitter. He's posting videos and photos and stuff. He looks great. Um, mm-hmm. how, how big of a factor that was, I don't know. He was never a, a, you know, a physical specimen by any means. Um, and he was a very productive hitter for a little while there. Um, so I, I, I don't know. That's a, that's a great question. I'm, I'm not sure if he's, it's, it's a little bit like Cattell. I mean, that was a guy that had a, a big power output in 2019 and had a big step back. I don't know which one he is exactly. I I, I think it's a big question for the Dimebacks heading into this year. Yeah, I guess we're going to see a lot of, uh, we're going to be watching closely in in spring training to see how a few of those guys are doing. Yeah, I, Uh, I I think you're right. I I think, uh, I think that that's, that's, uh, that that's something, you know, you never really want to make too much out of, out of spring training numbers, but I think it would be nice for these guys, especially coming off of down years to get a little bit of confidence going into the season. So they don't immediately start off the year kind of pressing, you know? Yeah. Uh, so the last question I want to ask is kind of a multi-part question. I'm wondering about some of the top prospects in the, in the diamondback system. If there's a chance we see them in 2021, how you think they'll produce if they do get called up, or if there are players that you think we see further down the road. And, and if I'm missing somebody that you think might make an impact uh, this year, you can let me know. But, um, you know, kind of looking at the, the top 10 list, it looks like a lot of the top prospects seem to be slated for uh, single A or double A this year. Uh, but I want to get your take on Christian Robinson, Alec Thomas, and Corbin Carroll. Um, I guess I would say I'd be surprised if, if any of those guys made big impacts in the majors this year, I mean, possibly they could, they could come up late in the year. Um, but, uh, it's just, it's, it's also just a, such a wild card because we, we missed out on a whole minor league season. These guys were playing games at the alt site and you just don't know where they wound up developmentally and, and kind of what struggles they might encounter, 
this year. Um, Robinson, for sure, I would I would say is 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 a a, a big long shot to to reach the big leagues. Um, he is the kind of guy that missed out the most on on a season. He's not a polished finished product by any means. He's a, a guy who's uh, still kind of raw um, and and still needs the reps and needs to continue developing. Um, Corbin Carroll impressed a lot of people last year when he was at the alt site. Uh, he, he was kind of the opposite of, of Christian Robinson. Like people were kind of blown away with how mature he was as a player, just how, how seemingly, you know, developed he already was, um, just kind of the, the way that he, uh, you know, approached at bats, the way that he made adjustments, the way that he ran the bases, how solid he was defensively. He, he just kind of seemed like an all around type of guy already. Now that said, I mean, what, he hasn't even played at a full season level yet. So the idea that he reaches the majors this year is, is also unlikely. The guys that I would think could make an impact. I mean, obviously Dalton Varsho already made the majors last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would think we'll be competing for a, a, a job in spring training. Um, Perdomo, uh, Geraldo Perdomo, an infielder. Uh, he's a, a natural shortstop, but they have Nick Ahmed. Um, he could play second base. So, I mean, I, I guess there's a possibility that he could he could force his way up depending on how other guys perform. Um, it just feels to me, though, that this team has a lot of guys that are kind of already knocking on the door of the majors and probably are already ready to contribute but haven't really had an opportunity to. I, I guess right. the guys that come to mind um, when I say that are like Josh Rojas, Josh Van Meter, um, uh, Andy Young, uh, Wyatt Matheson. I know these aren't big names, um, but you look at what some of these guys have done in their professional careers. They put up pretty good numbers in the minors. They do some things like work the count, find their way on base, some things that, that this front office really values. And a thing, you know, something that some of these guys that are everyday players in the Dimex lineup don't always do. So I think that the first crack at, at playing time is going to come from that group. Um, and, and I, I would be surprised if any of these, you know, big name, younger prospects in the system, um, end up getting a chance to, to contribute this year. I, I think a lot of things, no offense to them. I just think a lot of things would have to go wrong for, for that to work out that way. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, thank you very much, Nick, for sharing your time and your insight, uh, into the diamondbacks with me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Hey, thanks for having me. Take care. I want to just take a minute really quick to thank my guest, Nick Picoro again. Uh, I'll continue my series on draft prep next week, where I'll be doing sort of a crash course on uh, several sabermetric statistics that you can look into as you're scouting for your coming season and that you can use to help you make decisions during the season. Uh, so make sure you've subscribed so you're notified when a new episode's published. Uh, I'm currently writing baseball, fantasy baseball, and baseball betting articles for thegameday.com. So check out my articles there. That's thegameday.com. I have a few articles published already and a lot more on the way in the next month. I'll be writing about some things that I cover here on the podcast, some things I don't. Uh, I might dig into things a little bit more uh, in, in the articles than I do here. Um, some might just be entirely different material than I talk about here. So make sure to check out thegameday.com. Also, uh, check out creativesports2.com. That's with the number two. 
uh, where I'll have a column out on Thursdays covering various uh, baseball and fantasy baseball topics. And then finally, please give the show a five-star rating. Uh, each high rating helps move my podcast, uh, my, my podcast up the lists on all the podcast platforms where people search for fantasy baseball. So it's something that really helps me out. It's very much appreciated. Wherever you're listening, please give the show uh, a good rating. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Fastball Fantasy Baseball. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at Fastball Pod. And then uh, also feel free to email the show at fastballfantasybaseball at gmail.com with any comments, questions, ideas. You need help with a trade uh, or uh, you, need, you want me to review your draft. Um, whatever it is, reach out. I will reply. And thanks for listening.